It is Locked on Jazz for the 9th of June. LaMarcus Aldridge also out for the playoffs. Does that impact the Utah Jazz? We'll play around with new coaches that might be possible head coaches, Orlando basketball, and a geeky little research project. It must be close to basketball season. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast of the Utah Jazz, give you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a jazz fan. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Hope you're great. Uh, Thursday this week, we will do a special Black Host Roundtable show. Uh, we recorded it last night. It was pretty cool to hear the stories. Some ch- little chilling at times uh, to hear what these guys had to say, what they've gone through. We just took our regular guys, Chris Carter Steelers and Tony Wiggins Jaguars and Q from the Raiders and seven of our regular everyday hosts, uh, ha- African-American black hosts, and have them uh, share their stories uh, what they've experienced, what they see the future as, where they see how they think think things can improve. Uh, so that'll be Thursday across the network. We're actually uh, gonna no one's gonna do a show on Thursday. We're gonna do this uh, entirely across the network for everyone uh, on every feed of every show. So uh, I think you'll enjoy it. It'll be a little different. You'll be like, hey, that's not lock. Um, but I think it's worth taking the time to listen to. I think you'll I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, or at least find it, you know, I think particularly maybe surprising. The uh, Spurs announced yesterday that LaMarcus Aldridge is out for the playoffs. There's a few, um, there's a few things that are interesting about this. Uh, one is the Jazz play the Spurs twice. So the quick reaction everyone had is, oh, that's good for the Jazz. Well, actually, I'm not sure it is. Um, because what that means is a lot more DeMar DeRozan. If you recall earlier this year, DeMar DeRozan torched us. Uh, absolutely, 100% torched us. And with LaMarcus Aldridge out. And I, I think that they're, frankly... Well, I don't think the numbers are glaring at how much better the Spurs are without LaMarcus Aldridge. Let's let's dig into it. The Spurs are 2.9 points per 100 possessions worse when LaMarcus Aldridge is on the floor than off the floor. And they are 2.4 points worse defensively when LaMarcus Aldridge is on the floor compared to off the floor. Overall, they are a negative 5.2. With LaMarcus Aldridge on the floor compared to when he's off the floor, it's in the 22nd percentile of all players. It's pretty interesting. The Spurs' two mid-range players in DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge and their impact on the game is pretty stunning. So even as good a shooter as Aldridge is, it's all mid-range stuff. It doesn't open anything else up for anyone else. They're one percentage point less good effective field goal percentage than when when he's on the floor than when he's off. And then they don't offensive rebound at all. He's a low-energy player. Defensively, they allow shooting to be a percentage point higher, 33rd percentile. 
And then they don't turn anyone over at all when he's on the floor. Minus 3% turnover rate. It's the second in all of any player in the NBA. Uh, here's the interesting one on the Spurs. Listen to their f- kind of, and this is this was true last year as well. So if you take LaMarcus Aldridge, DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge on the floor together, and you look at the Spurs, so they're two. They're minus two point eight with both of them on the floor. If we take Lamar, Gus Aldridge, on and Demar Derozan off, they become a minus eight point one. That's with Lamarcus and without Demar Derozan. Flip those, because that's what they're going to be for the playoffs. Flip those without. DeMar DeRozan, or with DeMar DeRozan, but without LaMarcus Aldridge. Minus 8.1 is like one of the worst teams in the league, by the way. It's in the 15th percentile. Now, all of a sudden, they're a minus 3.4 with just DeRozan. Still not good. Their offense is great. It's in the 88th percentile. Their defense is awful. And then if you take them both off the floor and let them play just... Their bench unit. They're plus 6.6. It's pretty interesting. Well, it's a short season anomaly. Right, but if I go to 2018-19, they were plus 5.5 of both of them off the floor. If you do... So that's, to me, that's the revealing part about it. Since they've had DeRozan, for the two years they've had him... When they have both LaMarcus and DeMar off the floor, they're better. That's when they're at their best, plus 5.5, 84th percentile of all teams. And so LaMarcus Aldridge's injury actually might make them better because it now means there'll be more minutes of the game without LaMarcus on the floor and without DeRozan on the floor. And while they're not very good with DeRozan on the floor and LaMarcus off the floor at a negative 3.4, which is, by the way, the exact same thing that they were the year prior. This is not, again, it's not new. They're at least good offensively. Not that that matters if you're as bad as they are defensively, but they're not as bad as just when LaMarcus is on without DeMar DeRozan. It's interesting. And what ends up happening about this is the Jazz are projected to play the Spurs twice. It's just because a guy averages 20 points a game does not automatically mean that he is a positive on your team. That's that's the lesson there on LaMarcus Aldridge. And LaMarcus Aldridge's shooting is frankly so... His shot selection is so mid-range based... And I went and actually poked at one of the myths of mid-range shooting. I'll, I'll, I'll have it for you in, a, in the show today. But LaMarcus Aldridge, when he's on the floor, they take the fewest amount of shots of any team in the league at the rim at 26%. They take the most amount of mid-range shots of any team in the league, 20 and the most amount of long mid-range at 22% of their shots. So, as good as he might be, 
Their entire team shot selection is so bad when he's on the floor. And in turn, their offense is in the 50, uh, 43rd percentile of effective field goal percentage shooting. But that's incredible. When LaMarcus Aldridge is on the floor, they take the fewest amount of shots in the league at the rim at 26% and the most amount of mid-range shots at 44% and the most amount of long twos of any team league at 22%. LaMarcus Aldridge is 35 years old. It will be very interesting to see what happens with him moving forward. They did not trade him last year. His 2021 salary status is $24 million. I think he might have a player option on it. I'm not sure. He does have a trade kicker. So they're stuck for another $24 million of LaMarcus Aldridge, 20% of their cap for the upcoming season. And he's fading in the wrong direction. Today's show, as I mentioned, is brought to you by Rock Auto. The brick-and-mortar stores give you just the selection they have available to them, just the parts that they have there, but Rock Auto is a completely different experience. The family-owned business has been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts for hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks. Deliver directly to your door. We were on the call with Rock Auto. We were blown away by their catalog. It's unique. It's remarkably easy to navigate. And it gives you everything you want. In fact, Sean Woodley, our Lockdown Raptors host, was on the call and found something he'd been looking for, for for ages and hadn't been able to find for his car. So whether you're a professional or do-it-yourselfer, why spend up twice as much money on parts? Do it instead at Rock Auto. Get better selection, better prices. Right Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know who sent you. Please put Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know how they sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Today's show is also brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai. I am driving the new Sonata. This car kind of blows me away. It has every bell, every whistle I could possibly imagine. It virtually drives itself with all of its safety controls, whether it's the... Uh, safety control that keeps it in the lane or keeps it uh, cruise control. But I driving to Ogden and back this week, and I just uh, put it on cruise control at whatever number I want. I'm not sharing. And then it drives itself the whole way. Stops if there's a bumper-to-bumper traffic. Keeps going if there's not. It, change lanes, little uh, camera pops up in my miles per hour and my RPMs. It's pretty amazing. Really a very, very impressive Vehicle, great pickup, smooth ride, sleek looking. This is all the Hyundai Sonata. There was a great Wall Street Journal uh, review of what's coming out, which is, I think, the new Sonata hybrid. Just kind of, you know, here's the thing about Hyundai. This is what the Wall Street Journal guy said, too. This, like, the Sonata I'm talking about, the limit is $32,000. That's a lot, but not for what you're getting. Like, I'm not dismissing $32,000, but when you get like a brand new Hyundai Sonata Limited with all of the bells and whistles I just talked about, and you can get it for $32,000. That's pretty awesome, and they look great. I'm driving a black one. I've got some other cool colors on it. Um, So 
what the what the Wall Street Journal article said was, you know, Hyundai's just mastered this like spot in the market where you get a really good looking car, basically feeling like a luxury car, and at the price of thirty two thousand dollars. And uh, rave review in the Wall Street Journal last week uh, for the new Hyundai's that are coming out. Stop by Murdoch Hyundai or in Logan or in Linden. Also at 4646 South State Street. And if you're going to go, stop, email me first at dlock09 at gmail.com to let me know. All right, so I did a little geeky research last night. One of the things people, it was stemmed by LaMarcus Aldridge a little bit. One thing a lot of people will always say about the mid-range shot is, you know, it depends where you are in the shot clock. I had kind of fallen for this thought. And the idea was, you know, you want to avoid the mid-range shot, but at some point in the ball game, you're going to get to a point in a, in a possession, you know what, if you have a pull-up 18-footer, it's still a good idea. You know what? It's not true. It's just not true. Now, there is a point maybe where, hey, it seems to be that it's virtually impossible in and I don't know why this is actually a bad thing. We always say this as though this is a bad thing. Unless you're the Houston Rockets. Like, okay, well, maybe the Houston Rockets are right. I mean, they've they've pushed it to the limit. There's no question on that. Um, but if you, unless you are really just going to not, like, you know, be allergic to taking any type of mid-range shot the Spurs are are over the top they take 42 percent of their shots and the Rockets take 19 percent so it it does feel as though like hey at some point about 22 23 24 percent of your mid-range shots are gonna are shots gonna be mid-range the Jazz are taking 28.5 they're not as they're not as good as they were uh at not taking this year because of that floater they've taken so many of those floaters they take the third most of anyone in the league they're 20th in the league in rim shots second most in the league in corner threes and ninth most in the league in overall threes which is great but their shots their shot distribution is not as good as it was a year ago the, they have the 12th best shot distribution in the league and last year they were better uh somewhat due to the players that they have uh boyan doesn't you know mike conley like all the guys they added had less good shot distribution so i went and looked at it and I looked at 18 through 22 on the shot clock, so that's got to be fast break. It's not even any more off and off. It's a rebound. <clears throat> it's just really early shot clock. Um, 15 to 18, 7 to 15 on the clock, and 4 to 7. So from 15 to 22 on the shot clock, your rim shot is 1.28 points per shot. It's really high. And from 4 to 15 on the shot clock, second half of the shot clock, I don't have 0 to 4. Um, it drops to 1.23. Okay, that's that makes sense. Still, the best shot you can get is the rim. You should always be trying to get to the rim. Um, but it does show you that the, the value of that shot drops a little bit during, as the shot clock, shot clock gets going longer and you have a harder time getting to the rim because the defense is set. The mid-range shots, the feeling is always the, the kind of, the unspoken truth, like the, the, the book, you know, someone, there's a great line about baseball, like whoever wrote the book, um, just, you know, everything they put in, it was wrong. So the kind of the NBA feelings always been, well, if you have to take a mid range shot late in the shot clock, it's a better shot. Cause nothing's as good a shot at that point. 
Well, that's not really true because nor is the mid-range shot. So the best time to take a long two is at 15 to 18 in the shot clock at 0.88 points per shot. 0.88 points per shot, which is 44%. However, at that same point, a rim shot is 1.3 or 1.29. A corner three is 1.2. And an above the break shot is 1.1 points. So even when the mid-range, the smallest little sample size you can find, when the mid-range is at its best, was actually early in the shot clock, 15 to 18, you're still nearly 0.3 points worse than a corner, or completely 0.3 points worse than a corner three, 0.4 points worse than a restricted shot, and 0.3 points worse than a, or uh, point, yeah, 0.2.3, 2.5 shots worse than an above the break. 7 to 15 in the shot clock. When the shot clock's winding down, the mid-range shot is at 0.84, long two, 0.84 points per shot. That's that's higher than it is in a lot of places. But still, the corner three is at 1.18, and the above the break three is at 1.08, or one, sorry about that. The corner three is at 1.18, and the above the break three is 1.08. So even then, 7 to 15 on the shot clock, the mid-range shot, so much less good on average than the corner three or the above the break three. Get late in the shot clock, where the, that's where the kind of the feeling is. That, well, if you're late in the shot clock, that you know 20% of your shots have to be at least be mid-range shots, so you might as well late in the shot clock. Well, okay, here's where there, there's some truth. We just talked about that the rim is, is a little less effective at that point. And the above the break three does take a considerable drop. From four to seven on the shot clock, the above the break three is down to 1.02 points per shot. So the above the break three is really, again, early front half shot clock shot. 1.11 points per shot slides all the way to 1.02. No no other shot has as much variance as the above the break three does to the late in the shot clock. My guess is, that's because at that point, you're now playing one-on-one, off-the-break, pull-up three. When the play play hasn't worked, you kicked it back up top to Donovan. Donovan now has to go one-on-one, doesn't want to take the mid-range shot, so he takes the pull-up three. And he's right. It's still a better shot. It's 1.02 points above the break. Here's the thing that's interesting. The mid-range shot actually becomes at its least effective moment. In fact, has the same significant drop that the above-the-break three does. From the mid-range's peak, it drops 0.1 the same way that the above-the-break dropped 0.1. 0.88 points per shot, all the way down to 0.78 points per shot. So the takeaway here of interest is if you look at the five different areas in which someone can shoot on the floor, restricted, non-restricted, mid-range, corner three, and above-the-break, the variance inside the restricted area shot over the course of the shot clock is limited. It does get a little less good in the final four to seven shot, but but really limited. The not paint non-restricted area has almost no variance. From 18 to 22 on the shot clock, it's 0.8. From 15 to 18 points on the shot clock, it's 0.83. From 7 to 15 on the shot clock, it's 0.82. And from four to seven on the shot clock, it's 0.8. Almost the exact thing. 
The mid-range shot, as we just talked about, takes a considerable drop the lower the shot clock gets. The corner three stays the exact same. 18 to 22 on the shot clock, 1.17. 4 to 7 on the shot clock, 1.17. In the middle, it's 1.2 and 1.18. And the above the break three does fade as the shot clock fades, likely because it's less likely to be a catch and shoot and more likely to be an off the bounce. Catch and shoot threes have to happen early in the shot clock. That's the real advantage of running. Push, get out, get that catch and shoot three. So my takeaway, like, okay, so great, Locke. That was a hell of a lot of numbers, and I barely have any idea what you just told me. What did we actually just learn? That the mid-range, the the myth out there that the mid-range shot is somehow better later in the shot clock is not true. And the second one I would tell you, the paint non-restricted shot never gets good. And the corner three always stays good. How does this how do these numbers similar or different to what the Utah Jazz do? I'll touch on that uh in just as as we continue. Today's show brought to you by grip6.com. Grip6 has got a lot of really great things going on right now. So, let's start with the work belt. The new Grip6 men's work belts are pretty great. If Father's Day this might not be a bad idea. They're a little heavier the Wilt Work Belt Pro, they're great if you've got uh, to hook a work bag onto your belt. They're great for concealed carry, and they've got some really good-looking buckles. Now, remember with Grip6, the unique thing is that you have the strap and you have the buckle. They're interchangeable, so if you buy two with the two Pro Pack, you end up with four belts. The other thing, no flaps, no holes, and it fits. Pr- you're fitting it to your size, not to the size that somebody put the holes into your uh, bag. So, two-pack builder. You can actually get one work belt and one of the new ultralight series, which are just terrific as well. That's the other new thing that Grip6 has going on right now is the new ultralight series that they've built up. So, go on to the site, pick a belt, pick a strap. That's all it takes. And you've got, if you got two, then you can, you'll get the two-pack builder and save a bunch of money that way, please put locked on in the comments. The, uh, if you dig around a little bit, there's a honeycomb belt. It's beginning to sell out a little bit that I really like and would strongly suggest. It is in, uh, there's also the ca- carbon fiber series. Those are a little more expensive, but the silver uh, glass belt is pretty uh, stylish. It's That one's definitely a little bit more pricey, but you get the discount. Uh, and the Craftsman series, for you has the wood pieces that I really like, um, the Woods Craftsman's belt and the olive belt. So check those out as well. It's all at Grip6.com. Today's show is also brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is doing some interesting things right now. This Follow me on this. It's pretty crazy. So they're launching a brand new Built Bar series of bars coming out here. So in their remaining, I think it is 8 million bars they have left, they are going to give all of the profits from those bars to various groups uh, in regards to cut uh, education, poverty, equality, and ending of racism. So 8 million bars remain. 
and you can get up to 50% off. Now, also use the promo code Locked On, and you could get another $10 off. So go to BuiltBar.com. You'll see it right when you get in. Listen, learn, love. It is, uh, they're doing a lot of different things right now to try to help both COVID-19, poverty, as well as Black Lives Matters. And uh, you can get the great tasting Built Bars, changing the way you kind of view energy bars. You can freeze them or have them regularly. And as well, uh, get use the promo code Locked On. get $10 off, and the macros on those are amazing. So tip of the hat to Built Bar for the new program that they launched late last night. So how do the Jazz compare? Like the, the other one you'll talk to people, uh, often I'm talking about coaches, and they'll say, yeah, but with our personnel. Okay, so with your personnel. Let's take, a, let's take a look at what that means. So the Utah Jazz early shot clock, 18 to 22 on the shot clock, shoot a little bit better at the rim than league average. They're 65.5%. They shoot 36% on the floater early in the shot clock. It's terrible. And 7% on long twos. Now, to their credit, they take almost none. Like .3 a game. In fact, they're 1 of 15 this year on a mid-range shot early in the shot clock. 43% on, about 42% combined on corner threes and 42% on above the break threes. So if you see somebody on our team take an early floater or an early pull-up, cringe. Now, 15 to 18 on the shot clock. Early action, not quite fast break, but early, early action. Jazz rim shooting is at 68%. That's four percentage points better than league average. The good old floaters, no different, just good old 41%. Same as the rest of the league, that early mid-range action, the Jazz are a little better. They're at 47% on that, but it's... Like 47% sounds pretty good, and it is, except for the fact that your corner threes are at 43%, and your above-the-break three is at 43%. That's where the Jazz are about as good as, or excuse me, that's your corner threes. Um, Your corner threes, yeah, are at 43%. Your above-the-break three is at 35%. So the early above-the-break three for the Jazz has not been a particularly good shot. In fact, they're the sixth-best team, worst team in the NBA, shooting the three, despite being the number one three-point shooting team in the league, from 15 to 18 on the shot clock on the above the break three. Sixth worst. Surprising. But the corner three overall, the Jazz are at 43%. Now let's go to the, the crux of the shot clock, seven to 15 where it all happens. And the Jazz become the number two above the break three-point shooting team. Isn't that interesting? I don't know why that is. So the Jazz take the three early in that shot clock. They're not above the break. They're not great. Seven to 15, they get the offense rolling. They get it moving around. The numbers on the Jazz are amazing at this point. They're the the number two above the break three-point shooting team. The number one corner three shooting team in the league at 45%. So the Jazz get in their offense. Rudy sets a few picks. They get it moving. 7-15 to 15 on the shot clock. They're the number two above the break three-point shooting team. The number one corner three shooting team. 
Their mid-range shot's not bad. It's at 46%, but it's terrible when you compare it to the... I mean, the, the mid-range shot is the exact same as their corner three. You just get one less point. The paint non-restricted's 42.5%, 42.4%. It's pretty good, but again, in comparison. And then the Jazz get on the rim at that point, and they're the sixth best. 7 to 15 on the shot clock. The Jazz are just way better than the league average. They're four percentage points better at the rim. They're a percentage point better on the floater, non-restricted. They're three percentage points better on the mid-range. They're five percentage points better on a corner three. And they're five percentage points better on above the break three. That's the sweet spot for the Quinn Snyder high-execution-based offense. You get to four to seven on the shot clock. The Jazz rim goes right to league average at 60%. They go right to league average on floater at 40%. Their mid-range, so the late shot clock mid-range, which was the reason for this research, for the Jazz is even worse. 34%. See, an even worse shot for the Jazz than it is for other teams. The Rockets have only taken 25 late shot clock mid-range shots all year. The corner three, the Jazz go to 38%. The above the break three, they go to 36%. They're about three percentage points better than the league average, and they're right about the league average on corner threes. The lot, this is an interesting one. This is Danny Green, LeBron creating. The Los Angeles Lakers. This is just a total anomaly. It's uh, Stunning. The Los Angeles Lakers, corner three shooting with four to seven on the shot clock. 61%. 61%. Pistons, 48. Bulls, 48. Spurs, 47. So there's some... Dame Lillard gets the Blazers, 46%. Like, there's some... It's an interesting number to look at late in the shot clock. Above the break threes... Washington and Miami are the best. Utah's pretty good. So, from a Jazz standpoint, it's just, you know, we probably need to pick up a little bit of that early offense. We don't have, and because we're pretty good at it. 18 to 22 on the shot clock. If we get that early catch and shoot three, we're at 41%. Our quarter three is at 39%. We're 67, we're 66%. Actually, our quarter three is at 42%. So we're, you know, if if we can get an early action three, which is usually Boyan, by the way, he's the one who plays the most in transition. We're we're hitting whether it's corner three or above the break, we're hitting that at forty one percent. It's pretty good. And then get into our sweet spot. From seven to fifteen on the shot clock, when Quinn's teams run their offense, Rudy sets their picks, the guys execute space correctly. We're much better than the league. And frankly, you know, since we added Jordan Clarkson, since Christmas, we are the number one offense in the league, if you recall. And that's why. All right. That's today's show. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll come back. Be back with you tomorrow on Thursday, special edition. Hollinger and Duncan have a new show out. Make sure you go grab Hollinger and Duncan. Tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Hollinger and Duncan, the NBA show. Have a good one. 
This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. Experience the empowering feeling of the Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now for April 1st. Get $750 cash towards the lease of our 2024 NX350 all-wheel drive. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease cash offer and pricing details. Restrictions apply. Not all customers will qualify. Offer available in the Lexus Eastern area and it's April 1st, 2024.